Broadcasting across the galaxy, you're listening to Radio Dakar, a Star Wars podcast dedicated to the animated series Star Wars Resistance. All right, hello everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of Radio Dakar. I'm your host, Doug Brooks, and today I am reviewing Alphabet Squadron, the new novel by Alexander Freed, with also a mention a bit of the Marvel series TIE Fighter by Jody Hauser. We are not all the way through that one, but it, the, it's connected to Alphabet Squadron, so it's important to talk about both. And then I will have some fun at the end of the episode with some music. You know what that means if you've read the book. Um, I'll say it up front, this is a non-spoiler review, so uh, it's going to be for people who haven't read it yet and just want a nice overview, and also for people who have read it and want to hear my thoughts on it. Well, to start off, uh, it's a great book. Uh, It's probably one of the better ones of the the new canon, uh, the Disney canon, whatever you want to call it. And it does set up a trilogy of Alphabet Squadron books, so we know there are more to come. And I like that. Uh, you know, with Aftermath and Thrawn, which turned out to be trilogies, we didn't know that, or at least I didn't know it when I was reading the first book of each series. So, you know, there's unanswered questions, and you're wondering, you know, what, what's the end game? What are they kind of going for here? But they announced up front, Delray did, that Alphabet Squadron is a trilogy, so this is part one, and it's a really good part one. It sets up everything well, there's good character development, so I'm ready for the next one. I'm guessing it comes out probably about this time next year in 2020. Um, That seems to be the MO with these trilogies to release them a year apart, Um, but the first part's very good. I did the audiobook as usual. This one was read by Saskia Marleveld. Uh, she's done several previous Star Wars books. Uh, she did a great job uh, conveying each of the different characters. And I'll talk more about the uh, the audio presentation in a little bit. So I'll, I'll kind of run through, you know, without spoiling it, uh, the, the basic plot and, you know, talk about what I thought about each of the major characters. So Alphabet Squadron... Uh, whether you know or not, takes place right after the Battle of Endor. So we're into that year between Endor and Jakku, which the canon has done such a good job establishing that it's really really a chaotic year uh, from the time that the Emperor died and Vader died and then the final defeat of the Empire and the Galactic Concordance that was established after Jakku and then move into an era which we don't know a lot about yet that 30 years of New Republic government before uh, the First Order strikes in The Force Awakens. But from different sources they've worked to establish this immediate follow-up to the Battle of Endor. We had it with Aftermath. All three books took place in in this one year. Um, Battlefront 2 takes place during this year. Uh, the Shattered Empire comic book series uh, takes place immediately after Endor. And, you know, we, we got a little bit of Jakku with um, Star Wars Lego All-Stars. I know that's 
cannon adjacent, but you know we did get to see some of the battle, and that was awesome. And also Lost Stars. Uh, so those are the other materials you can dive into if you want to get more information. Because all all the all these works have talked about this year from different perspectives at different little points um, about what the state of the galaxy is and it just keeps filling in the gaps, filling in the gaps so we're getting a clearer picture of what's going on so that like with the Mandalorian series coming out it takes place three to five years after Endor uh, they've said both so I'm not really sure point is it's way after this so it, it's the New Republic there's still Imperial remnants so that, that's where we are with Alphabet Squadron. It takes place about a month or so after the Battle of Endor because a big focus of the book, and I'm glad they did this, is Operation Cinder. It's something I talked about on a couple of early episodes of this show. It is the Emperor's contingency plan. Basically, if I were to die, then the Empire will die with me, and I will take down as much Imperial and Rebel assets as I can. Uh, he did this via these robots. Uh, they're droids, but it's these red-robed androids, basically, with glass faces that, when activated, project... Palpatine's face. Uh, it's in Battlefront 2, it's in Shattered Empire, where you actually see these. Um, one of those robots is in this book. There were several of them. They were designed to be accessed via a blood sample by like certain high-ranking Imperial officials so that they would know the plan. So again, we've already found out about this, but we're getting it from another perspective here and I'm glad it's filling in more of the information about it um, basically it's to uh, you know it was the initiative to wipe out key worlds where these assets and information would be um, the Vardos level on Battlefront 2 is one of those missions uh, Naboo was a target it's in the game too it's also in the Shattered Empire comic book so those are two of the key sites, but we do see we, we do read about or hear about uh, some of the other planets uh, that were affected by Operation Cinder in this book. Uh, so that was really good. I'm glad they gave more information on that. And then once that's you know Operation Cinder happened all at once very quickly, and then. It's about uh, the scattering of the Empire, uh, the remnants that are left, you know, what they're doing to regroup in the fragmented status that they are, and also how the rebels are trying to establish the New Republic government. And, I mean, something, you know, you, you've thought about in other works, but that, that's one thing Alexander Freed does very well in this book is talk about the struggles and how hard that was because if you think about it they didn't replace the empire as in they created a brand new government whereas you know in Revenge of the Sith 
Sidious just reorganized the Republic into the Empire. And, you know, you had, the, like, the Rebel Alliance military, which we followed most closely in the movies. But then you had, and, you know, we got hints of it in Rogue One. We had Mon Mothma and the defected senators who were part of the Rebel Alliance, who, especially after the dissolution of the Senate, you know, it could still be off on the sidelines. You know, they... You know, you don't really think about it when you're watching the movies, but they were off trying to figure out, okay, if we win, what are we going to do about the government? And so we get more of that here from some other perspectives of characters. Uh, you've got, well, Mon Mothma's not in it, but they mention her a lot because she's already been established as Chancellor of the New Republic. And I like how the terms are interchangeable. They've already called it the New Republic, but they're still the rebels. They're called separatists by some, which is ironic because, well, no, it's not ironic. It's it's appropriate because the separatists, yeah, the, the Republic became the Empire, so the separatists became the rebels in some sorts. Um, so, you know, and, it, and also it justifies why they're still called rebels in The Last Jedi. Because at first, when I saw that movie, I thought, well... I mean, it's it's the resistance. It's uh, you know the republic. It's they're not rebels anymore. But yeah, they they were always were, they always were. Um, so that's nice that we get you know, explanation here about it. Then we get Hera Syndulla as a prominent character in this book. I will say um, we, we we don't get Jason Syndulla or Chopper. It, it's just about General Syndulla and what she's doing with the burgeoning New Republic fleet. Um, uh, so I won't go into you know detail, but yeah, they're, they're not in the book. And it was a little disappointing, but there's still two more books where we might see them. I still think there's a Hera book yet to come that will examine her life from the liberation of Lothal into her retirement as a general. Um, you know, how, how did she make it as a single mom? And what what else did she do to help the rebellion that we didn't see in the movies? And you know, how did she raise Jason? And you know, what becomes of him? I I think that that's a story yet to come. But we do get Hera, and it is so awesome. And especially if you listen to the audio, um, Saskia Marleveld, it makes her sound like it's Vanessa Marshall. So that was really cool. Um, yeah, Hera Hera is used well here. <laughs> because she understands the you know the rebels were always the ones on the run you know they were we saw it on the rebels show you know they're taking food and supplies to these oppressed areas and you know raiding for military equipment and all this and and if you remember, she's the one who she was acquiring B wings and Y wings, and she actually had flew all all five ships um, that are prominent in this book. So who better to you know be the office uh, the leading officer of this um, this contingent here? So yeah, yeah, I like how they're saying okay, you know. We're working on the government, but Hera, you 
you go over here as the, you know with your Re rebel experience help us build a fleet and get organized with that now that we're not on the run that we're the aggressor because the empire is the one on the run uh, so in this book talks about all that and I'm sure the other two will and then you have uh, our first look really at New Republic intelligence you know we had rebel intelligence with Cassian and uh, the other sorts um, but the new character Karen Aiden uh, if you're having trouble if you've read the book um, that's how it's pronounced in the audiobook Karen Aiden um, so I, I, I went with that um, I, I know the book pronunciations aren't official but it worked for me I didn't even wouldn't even have guessed how to spell it until I looked it up um, so yeah Karen Aiden is uh, the one who brings Alphabet Squadron together and then has to work with Hera to get them on their missions and such. Uh, so, let, oh yeah, let's get into the characters. So, the the lead character of the book is Erica Quell, the X-Wing pilot. Uh, she is former TIE fighter pilot with Shadow Wing, which is the, you know, the Imperial... Uh, fighter uh, contingent that they're going up against. Um, they are the focus of the TIE Fighters comic book series. And, you know, there were two issues into TIE Fighter. Uh, the third one actually comes out this week, but I wanted to get this review out already. Uh, you know, we got to meet, like, these several uh, TIE... They're all flying TIE interceptors in the book. But we get to meet them, and I'm gonna, I'll do a bigger review of the Tie Fighter series once it's complete. There's only five issues, but I'll wait till that's done, and then I then I might go back and add spoiler thoughts on Alphabet Squadron at the end. Um, but for right now, I'll just kind of give the brief on Tie Fighter. So, you know, we're reading, and we find out about this, you know, the, the 204th, the um, known as Shadow Wing, but there's different divisions. So we're just following one division in the comic book series, and finding out what their state of mind is about. How they think it's going against the rebels. So I, you know, I thought that they would be those particular pilots would be the ones who are going up against Alphabet Squadron in the book. That's not necessarily the case. The Shadow Wing's pretty big, so there's other uh, other divisions. So the only carryover character who really gets a lot of attention is uh, the Shadow Wing um, commander. Um, the overseer, um, Colonel Nares, uh, who's known as Grandmother. Uh, she's shown in the comic books, and then she's a pretty prominent character in the book. And she has one of the Emperor's um, Sentinel droids. I think that's what they were called. And But it gave the order for Operation Cinder, but it hasn't done anything since. And she keeps it around, waiting for her next order. It's not really a spoiler. I mean, it's just just in there, and that that really fascinated me. You know, how many uh, the state of the empire? You know, how many high-ranking officers took it upon themselves to take action? You know, like Admiral Sloan, and um, you know, like what they do in uh, to eventually establish the first order. But then there's others like Nares who are just waiting for their next order from this droid. Um, 
Which leads me to believe... We don't know this for a fact, we'll find out soon enough. That this is how we're going to get the Emperor in The Rise of Skywalker. That there will be a Sentinel droid on the wreckage of the Death Star. And it's activated. And then, so... They come face to face with the Emperor, you know. It would make sense if that <coughs> droid was never activated because, you know, you would, of course, keep one on the Death Star in case the Emperor dies, but you still need to give out the orders for Operation Cinder, so it would it makes sense there would, there would be one. So, I think that's... I mean, I'm cool with however we get Palpatine or Sidious in The Rise of Skywalker, but I think that's a very logical way to go with it. So, Shadow Wing, you know... They're the ones still being the aggressor. They've been thwarting the, re uh, the Rebels' side for years. Um, a lot of Rebel casualties because of Shadow Wing. But now Shadow Wing's on the run. They're trying to establish a stronghold and keep the Imperial position in certain systems. So this Alphabet Squadron going up against them. And it's neat that, like I say, we don't find out the specific pilots like we did in the comic book series because that's what the comic book series is doing so we get both perspectives and I, I do like that the book expanded on well Shadow Wing's a lot bigger than you think based on what, what we read in the first two issues alright so uh, Erica Quell yeah for, former Shadow Wing member but you know, they dive a lot into why she defected uh, I'm not going to get into that you, you can find out for yourself in the book or um if you have read it, I hope you enjoyed learning as I did on it. Um, she makes it to uh, like a shantytown called Trader's Remorse, which is where defectors since Endor are being sent. And you know, she she realizes that the the more waves that come to Trader's Remorse the more they held on to imperial ideals because, you know, the first wave, and I think she's in the second wave in the book, um, you know, these are the people who realize, okay, we're done. We need to change sides and see what we can do about this. And so they're more likely to be loyal to the New Republic, whereas the ones who stuck out with the Empire and like, okay, we're finally doing this even though we don't want to, you know, they're the dangerous ones, and so she's kind of distrustful of people. But yeah, a lot, a lot to Erica. Um, you know, once Alphabet Squadron is established, it, it's about you know how she um, can lead her group. You know, what's the line from Hera? Um, you know, you know that they'll die for you, but do they know that you'll die for them? That sort of thing. So she has to. She's a reluctant leader, but and she has her own motivations and her own past problems, but, um, you know, that, that's the joy of the book is, you know, she, she grows with this team. Uh, Will Lark, uh, yeah, he's, I can see why a lot of people love him on Twitter. Uh, he is the A-Wing pilot. Um, Nath Tansen, the um, Y-Wing pilot. It's not really a major spoiler, but he's also former Imperial. And his reason for defecting is pretty cool too. I mean, I'll leave that as a surprise. But I liked, I liked his past. Um, 
and, and he's one of the, he and Erica are the two older of the the group really. Uh, Chesna Chodic, the B-wing pilot, she she's awesome. Um, yeah, she's got a past to, to deal with. I, I liked the contrast between her and Nath because you know she's been a survivor of her squadron multiple times, and you know she realizes that you know. Not that she's hoping for death, but that it can come any time just because of all she's been through and, you know, the people she has idolized in the Rebellion. They, they gave their lives, too, whereas Nath intends to complete his mission and outlive everybody. And then Kairos, uh, the U-Wing pilot, uh, we learned the least about her of the five. I, I think that's by design. I think there will be things revealed in the next two books about Kairos. Uh, so I didn't really have a chance to form an opinion on her. Um, you know, I, I didn't dislike any of the characters. I thought, you know, the, the core group is uh, very enjoyable and the way you, you see them uh, come together and uh, start to trust each other and put aside their differences uh, to, be, to become a squadron. It's, it's a very fulfilling character development for all of them. Um, don't, you know, without getting spoilery, I don't think I have anything else to say um, about the characters, per se. Let's see. Talked about... Yeah. Oh, yeah, about the ships, for uh, particularly. Yeah, it, it, Alexander Freed does a great job talking about the capabilities of each ship and, like, Erica going from a TIE fighter and what it could do going into an X-Wing and then what each of the other fighters is capable of or, or what their weaknesses are and how they have to work with each other. You know, we see uh, Will and Chas in particular in squadrons of their own make, um, an A-Wing squadron, a B-Wing squadron, so we know that they can work together and uh, as far as forming formations and all that. And it talks about um, the difficulty of five totally different ships trying to maneuver together and how they have to work on that. It's it's great development and growth, and so by the end of the book, you know, they're, they're coming together. Uh, it's not perfect, but uh, the way they're able to specialize. Um, uh, you become attached to them, and you, you want to see them succeed. So I, I look forward to more of that. Uh, they're great characters. I'm glad they released the art so we can have a good visual image of what they look like. And uh, to get in a little bit about the audiobook, um, again, Saskia Marlevelle did a great job with all the voices, but what I liked was that they, to me, they used new music that wasn't necessarily John Williams recorded Star Wars stuff. There, there, there is some in there, but especially because there's, you know, a good amount of space battles of varying scale. Uh, could just be a few fighters, could be a more massive attack. Uh, but they used, like, some heart-pounding music that didn't sound Star Wars, but it seemed appropriate given the situation. So I, I really, yeah, the audio presentation was really good. Honestly, one of the better ones. Um, Pirate's Price, to me, I will continue to love on that book. That's the definitive 
enjoyment from an audiobook. Um, but Alphabet Squadron is up there. Um, and also, you know, when they're in the cockpits, they do use the staticky calm sound for each of them. That way you can, you know, Saskia has to balance five characters in a lot. Um, but she does that well. They're each very distinctive, but then to know that they're in their cockpits and you hear the, the static and all that. Um, just an overall great presentation. Uh, like I say, one of the better ones. Uh, so if you maybe if you already read it, go back and do the audio, because I've done that in the past. I did, did that with Bloodline, where I had read it and then revisited it with audio and caught up a, caught a few more details. So yeah, um, highly recommend the, the audio on this one. So again, it's a knowing that, that it's a trilogy, it's a great start. It answers some questions I had about the post-Endor situation in the galaxy, about where the Rebellion is morphing into the New Republic, about what the status of the Empire is in its fragment, fragmented state. Um, uh, you know, I don't want to get into too much detail. Uh, Shadow Wing is a threat, and will continue to be a threat. Uh, for the uh, at least for the next book, uh, it does make me wonder if uh, the Battle of Jakku will play a part in this. Maybe in the third book, um, but then it would that would be very similar to Aftermath. So I'm not sure where they're going with that. But I could see uh, this covering that entire year, maybe further, uh, depending on what happens to the pilots. Um, but yes, I'm interested in the characters. I want to see what happens to them next. Um, so great job, Alexander. Uh, I love the book. Uh, I'm loving TIE Fighter. Again, I will, uh, when all five issues are released, I'll, I'll go back and review that. But I will end this episode with some fun. As we all know, and people are already doing this online, uh, Chasna Chaddock, the B-Wing pilot, plays music while she's flying during battles. And, you know, it, there's a lot of detail in the book about like the kinds of music she listens to when the beat changes and all that so I made a playlist uh, I actually picked out more songs than I expected but you know it makes sense that she had an entire mixtape in there uh, so I'm just gonna run through these I had thought about playing samples of the music but that might might be a, bit, a little bit difficult but I encourage you to you know, just look up the music yourself and, you know, I chose these um, sometimes for the sound, um, sometimes for the lyrics because it matched what her mood would be. And other times it's just because when uh, Freed mentioned certain things about the type of music she was listening to, I was like, oh, okay, this song that I know has that in it. So I'll just run through it and end the show that way. Uh, the first one I've got is Enter Sandman by Metallica. Uh, just because of the drums at the beginning, I, and also some lyrics, but I mean, yeah, that song gets you going. So I could see her when it was first starting out a mission, uh, flying out of the hangar, putting on Inner Sandman, and also you know the lyrics: um, "Exit light, enter night, take my hand off to never, never land." I mean, that's outer space, you know, the bright lights of the hangar going into the blackness of space and it's never never land out there so it makes sense to me uh, next is sweet dreams are made by this 
the Sweet Dreams are made of this by the the Eurythmics. Or if you prefer, you can listen to the uh, re, uh, the remake by Weezer, which is that that whole Till album was awesome. I loved it. Um, um, you know, I just like the beat of Sweet Dreams. Uh, it's kind of a fat, uh, fast paced, especially the Weezer version. But then the line, I've traveled the world in the seven seas, everybody's looking for something. I mean, that seemed appropriate for a pilot out there. Uh, Cars by Gary Newman, which is an early 80s uh, synthesizer song. As a, There's mention of synthesized music in the book, so this is the song that popped into my head because of that. And it's a song about his love for cars and, you know, Fi- uh, the starfighters are the cars of this galaxy, so that, that makes sense. Uh, next, I've got Play With Me by Extreme. Uh, you may not recognize it, but it's the song they played in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure when all the historical figures are running rampant through the mall near the end of the movie. Um, it just seemed like she would put this on when she's chasing down some ties. Uh, so I thought that was appropriate. Next is Whisper by Evanescence. And I'll be honest, I could probably just suggest an entire mixtape of Evanescence songs for her because I think that's kind of her mindset. Um, Evanescence is my favorite band. Um, I started listening to them at a very transformative time in my life, and I just caught on to the lyrics. I'm sure you've had the same thing happen with the band. Uh, but, you know, they, their stuff just spoke to me, and Amy Lee has an amazing voice, and I just love their music. And uh, Whisper in particular um, seems like an appropriate song for Chass. Um, it's um, very rock-heavy um, guitar. But then at the end, uh, it goes into this Latin chant, and it's um, Servetis uh, Periculum. Servetis Maleficum, which is save us from peril, save us from evil. They're fighting the Empire. I mean, that that just seemed really appropriate. Um, I've got Voodoo by Godsmack. I just like the song. Um, I, it, it seems like another... You know, maybe while they're in hyperspace type song, uh, just traveling. Um, just kind of lulls you in, good driving music, you know. Um, Super Trooper by ABBA. I, I like ABBA, you know, what can I say? Um, uh, this song, you know, it's, it's kind of playful, and uh, it's got a good beat, so I thought, you know, she's, you know, this might be another Chasing Down Ties song for her. Uh, November Rain by Guns N' Roses. Uh, it's... Uh, Freed actually, I picked this one because of what he wrote, uh, talking about like orchestral music and all that, because they go pretty big with this song, and you know, you got Slash's guitar solo in the middle, which is incredible, but you know, it's just that driving, op- almost operatic lyrics and everything. Uh, Protect Your Neck by Wu-Tang Clan. Um, they 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 did they use this song on the leftovers, which was an incredible HBO show. If you've never seen the leftovers, you need to watch it. It's it's only three seasons long, uh, but they use this in a very amusing way. 
on the show, and I just like the beat, and I had to add at least one hip-hop type song in here. Um, I, f- I figured she would use that and, you know, protect your neck. I mean, you got to be on the watch for fighters on your back anyway. All right, so I've got two songs from Transformers the movie, the, the, the animated one from 1986. I've got Dare by Stan Bush, which uh, if you watch Glow on Netflix, they use this uh, in season one for a training montage. Uh, I mean, it's like, it's a good, you know, you're being chased type song, and uh, let me see, it was, it was the chorus, Dare, Better Believe You Can Survive. Yeah, I mean, you, you should be playing that while you're in a fighter. And another song from the same movie, Hunger by Spectre General. Uh, which, if you've seen the movie, it's what they played when they were fighting the Sharktacons and they had the Demolition Derby. I mean, if she's out there wrecking uh, some ties, then she's playing this, I think. Alright, uh, this one was inspired by um, some, of the, some of the descriptions of the songs. Something Happened on the Way to Heaven by Phil Collins. Um, no, I didn't pick... Hit to, be, hit to be square if you've seen American Psycho, but uh, no, this this seemed a more appropriate Phil Collins song. It's a very good modern jazz song. It's got a lot of brass in it, and so his description of like the instruments used in one one of the songs she was listening to seemed appropriate for this. Um, and then okay, the last one, and I'll wrap up the show. Nine to Five by Dolly Parton. Um, it's kind of a cheat, you know. Local Hero. It's a great song. I grew up on that movie, if you've never seen it. Um, but they've already used this in a space battle, if you've watched The Orville, which is honestly probably the best show on TV right now. That, that's still running. Um, they played this song during a space battle, and it was amazing. So I thought, I had thought yeah, i got to include that just for personal reasons. But that's my review and my playlist. I hope you enjoyed it. It's a great book. Can't cannot wait for more. I'm glad we get to follow these characters for a couple more years and learn more about this time period of the galaxy. Um, all my um, podcast episodes can be found on most major podcast platforms. My home is Anchor. You can use the Anchor app or Anchor FM. It links you to uh, Google Play, Spotify, Overcast, uh, just about any you want. I'm also on SoundCloud. Uh, you can find me on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Radio Dakar, R-A-D-I-O-D-Q-A-R. Uh, feel free to let me know what you thought of the book, uh, what playlist you, you would use. Um, but that is it. Great book. Great start. Um, can't wait to read more of TIE Fighter. Uh, but until I talk to you next time, may the Force be with you.